Today on TM3 Impact, we just wrapped up an amazing podcast with Tony Adeneron, owner of Black Stallion Boxing, inventor of the Aqua Boxing Glove. Today we cover his journey from growing up in Houston, moving to San Antonio, how he started in the boxing industry, creating during the pandemic his Aqua Glove, and finally getting featured on Shark Tank. That story alone blew me away. It was amazing. And last but not least, we cover the 3,000-square-foot new facility that he's going to be moving into. And trust me, you're going to want to hear everything he has to say about getting in the best shape of your life. Thank you for listening. Please enjoy this amazing podcast with Tony Adeneron. Welcome to another edition of TM3 Impact. Tomas Martinez here today in the building. Tony Adeneron, Black Stallion Boxing Plus. Tony, man, I can't tell you how excited I am to have you here. Man. We've been talking about it. It's been years in the coming, yeah. man, in the making. <laughs> we had to make it happen. Uh, a lot of exciting things going on for you. And so first and foremost, I need to know your San Antonio story. Cliff Note version. Okay. How did you come to live in this amazing city? Well, I'm originally from Houston, Texas, uh, you know, graduating high school, had to figure out a college to go to. It was like kind of a last minute thing. Never planned to go to UTSA, but that was one of the first schools that accepted me. So in 06, I went ahead and accepted that application, okay. moved out here, you know, 100 percent, all the little things that I had. Yeah. Started college at UTSA back in 06. Went to college there for three years. Okay. During that time frame, I found one of the best boxing gyms. In the U.S., personally, I think in the world, Ramos, Ramos. Boxing. Yes. Yeah. And it's crazy because I found it with a random Google search. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, I just. <laughs> you got to like, I know a part of the story, but you got to tell the story about when you showed up to the gym. Oh, man. Uh, I mean, it's so it's man it's so long ago. You got to yeah. remind me a little bit. Yeah, well, you told me, like, this is not your normal, like, it's not a yeah. normal boxing gym. Like, yeah. this is, you know, oh, this is yeah, yeah, hardcore yeah. boxing. Yeah, yeah so it's, it's real. It's hardcore boxing. I remember, you know, just think back to what Google was in 06. Like, right. man, MapQuest was still going down. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right, so, printing out yeah, your print directions. Out, so I had to print out my directions to find out where Ramos boxing was. And I mean, there's like a picture of a sign like on a gate and it just says Ramos. Right. So yeah, I'm like, okay. okay, cool. So you're going to pull up to a business establishment. Nah, man, dude, I, I saw nothing but houses around me. So I was like, all right, after circling back and forth a few times, yeah. I was like, man, let me go through this gate that obviously says, obviously says Ramos. So I drive in, it's a long driveway. Then I start driving to the back, you know, I pass a couple houses and there the gym is in the back. And it's literally like just a still building, no air conditioning, one sliding door where the air ventilates and a couple small windows. And I mean, if it was 100 degrees outside, it was 120 degrees yeah. in the it's gym. It's real. It's real. Yeah. Yeah, and so it's not like walking into Lifetime to where, you know what I mean? Like, yes. you walk in, it's 50 degrees, you're trying to put a jacket on, the yeah. attendant is trying to come straight to you. And they be got like, towels yeah, for towels. you? Yeah, towels, they're putting a you know, warm towel on you and trying to, you know, uh, court you. No, this is like you walk in and everybody's putting in work. Yeah. Everybody's putting in work. So, I mean, finally, after, like, 
10, 20 minutes, I finally get the attention of somebody and you know, I just tell them, hey, you know, I'm here to box. I called. Yeah. They're like, you called you call the number? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> somebody actually answered. Funny yeah. enough, and it's uh, and it's my coach who who now I've been training with for about 16, 17 years, Arturo mm-hmm. Ramos III. Yeah. And I remember when I called, I said, hey, you know, I'm looking for a new boxing gym. I'm from Houston. He said, um, okay, well, this is the address. Hey, just show up. I was like, well, is there anything I need to bring? He said, bring your balls. <laughs> bring your balls. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. I'm like, all right. Oh, so, you know, I had to kind of, I, I Googled that too to figure out what he meant. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> that so, is this. Yeah, yeah. So Wait, hey, he wasn't lying. He wasn't lying at he all. Wasn't lying. You know, long story short, you know, when I finally met him in person, yeah. you know, it, it's a lot different than it is at my current gym and any of the typical gyms that you would go to. Yeah. I mean, you have to earn. It's a rite of passage. Yeah. Everything that you do. There's typically at these old school gyms, you're going to find like uh, a certain regimen on the wall that's yeah. written for yeah. like beginners for you to follow, for you to earn time to actually start training with coaches uh, and getting that attention. It'll yeah. be something as simple as, hey, you learn your boxing stance, left foot forward, right foot back. Yeah. You hold your hands up, and you're going to learn the jab. For yeah. like, I mean, you may sit there and throw that jab for three, four rounds. Each round is three minutes plus the breaks. Wow. So you're over there for nine to 12 minutes just putting in work, and then you're going to do the right for four rounds. So yeah. anyway – it's it's the type of thing to where you got to have that discipline or it, it, if not, you get put to the wayside pretty quick. It's meant to weed people out. Yeah, yeah as well it should. So so while you're in college, you went over there to learn about boxing, right? That was while you're in school mm-hmm. and you 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 finished at UTSA. And then what happened right after that? I actually transferred my last year to Texas A&M San Antonio. Ah, funny that's enough. Right. Okay. Yeah, funny yeah. enough. Yeah, it's a long story, but yes, transferred, graduated from uh, Texas A&M San Antonio. And then after after that, now you, what was that first job after college? Oh man. Tell me about that first job. Yeah, you know, I've had so much going on since then. Sometimes I forget that I used to right. you know, pretty much trim and hedge uh, grave sites. Right. <laughs> Headstones, right. you know, at a funeral home and cemetery. So, and funny enough, it was my coach that actually gave me that job. It was after the 2008 bubble, you know, think about it. How many people got laid off that yeah. had 20, 30, 40 years of experience in the fields that I was trying to go into, like insurance and finance. So yeah. I couldn't find the job that, not to say that there weren't jobs out there, but I couldn't find the job that I thought my degree deserved. Right. If that makes sense. No, for sure. You know, for sure. Cause I had years and years of experience. I've been working since I was like eight years old yeah. and I even worked an insurance job at nationwide insurance throughout my tenure in college. So I was yeah. like, all right, I got three, four years of yeah. official like office experience. I should be able to get something a little bit higher than an entry level $25,000, dollars yeah. a year. And your job. degree was business, business degree, business right. management. Yep. 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 Okay. Yep. So, so anyway, uh, you know, during the interim of being unemployed, like a lot of other young, yeah. you know, people that were excited that their degree was going to get them like a hundred thousand dollar, yeah. you know, a year uh, job. You know, I started working at this uh, cemetery because one for me, I like the physical aspect yeah. of it. Like, OK, yeah. I'm going to be moving all day. Yeah. It paid maybe 10, maybe 12 dollars an hour. I can't even yeah. remember. But beyond that, 
there was a mental aspect to it that I don't think a lot of people would even attribute to that. For me, I felt like working that type of job, you're going to be, and this is no knock on the work. Like I'm blue collar. My family is blue collar. We grind, we deliver newspapers. Like that's a family business. So for me, it was familiar, but, but mentally for me, I was able to create a more of a purpose from it to say that like, this is the lowest you're going to get as far as like, Literally, there's dead people below you. Mm. You understand what I'm saying? Like, you're there all day trimming graves, and there's people coming, and, you know, people are, uh, uh, you know, crying over grave sites. They're literally coming and playing music, paying tribute to their loved ones. This is about as, uh, you know, melancholy as it gets. So you can only go up from here. So it grounded me mentally and really just had me focus on, hey, like, this is as bad as this is going to get, dog. Yeah. You just got to hustle from here. And this was after college. This is after college. That's after college. Yep, that's I thought a, that was before because no, I've heard that story. No, that's what a four-year four, four year degree wow. <laughs> got you after 08. But, but it's true. People, people that don't, if you're, if you, obviously the millennials, they don't know about, you know, the people graduating at that point, mm-hmm. which is what some people are about to face right now. Yep. It's yep. coming up. We're going to have something similar to that coming up. Yep. No, 100%. So we got to go back, though, because I do remember the stories of the newspapers, like growing up, yep. like the, the work ethic that your dad had. Yep. And talk about that and what it meant to you, because it's made you the man you are today. So talk about that from the point of just... The, the 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 what you how you helped your family as you were going through uh, school elementary and high school yeah you know a, a lot of times I always mention my dad but man really my mom too yeah like they work side by side grinding every night and you know my brothers can attest to this that it's kind of like my mom was the one that held everything wow. together so just imagine having a bunch of male horses hustlers you yeah. know what I'm saying. But then you, you got your mom is like that center nucleus and that rock around just making everything move the way that it's supposed to move, keeping everybody focused. Shout out to mama. Yeah, shout out to mama. Mama, yeah. I love you. Yeah, serious. <laughs> you the real MVP, mama. No, seriously. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, so you know, growing up, you know, seeing that at a young age, I have two older brothers. One is five years older than me. One is three years older than me. Naturally, you're going to follow in those steps, you know, from what they're doing. So... The, the way it worked is, you know, to make a long story short, my parents moved here in 1980, like with nothing. So yeah. uh, around that time, it's hard to get like a, a work visa and things yeah. like that back in the 80s or if it was or is a very slow process. Yeah. So they had to kind of take a job to where it was kind of off the books yeah. a little bit, you know, whether you're delivering pizzas and getting, you know, tip money yeah. or you're delivering newspapers at night. And, you know, it's just kind of like a cash pay type of deal. Yeah. So. You know, there was nobody home to babysit us. Mm. So naturally, we actually had to go to work with them with at them. a young age. Yeah. So just imagine you got a eight year old, a, uh, a six year old and then a, and then a four year old following. That's me wow. following behind. So I'm seeing my brothers having to put in work once they understood what was going on. Yeah. And it was kind of like assembly line type of work. I mean, imagine when you receive your newspaper in oh, your yard yeah. in the morning. Oh, yeah. You just open it and read it. Yeah. You never think like, well, how the sports section get to where it is and how is it all in order and these advertisements? No, dude, there are people with their hands putting that together. Putting everything together. And even beyond that, putting it inside that bag. And then there's someone else that goes and actually delivers it 
to your yeah. front door. There's no machines or anything like that. So so that's what we grew up doing. And I, I always had a weekend job, you know, going yeah. and helping some of the uh, the adults that work there. And you would help them put their papers together. And it's a very simple but repetitive job that, you know, even if you're eight years old, you can figure out how to put four parts together and put it in a bag and make you $20 for the weekend. And that'll add up over 52 weeks. Yeah. And I think I I think back to myself because my parents, they were always like, you know, Tony was always, you know, about money or fond about money. My favorite thing to do was to when I got those twenty dollar bills, yeah. I would always <laughs> I would always tell my mom to take it to the bank to get ones. Oh, okay. right, yeah. because yeah, I yeah, like yeah. the look. You want the stack? Yeah, I want. Man, I stack. wanted the stack. I right, man, I wanted the bands. That's right. I wanted the racks. Oh, that's you know so what I mean? Funny. Yeah, I I didn't care about the actual value of what each yeah. one was. No, I wanted to it to look like a you lot. To look like a lot. And then, oh yeah. And this is this is just so weird now being an adult. But once I would get a hundred ones, yeah, I would roll it into a rubber band, yeah, and I would stash it away and just hide it and just hide it. This oh, is at wow. like ten years old. Wow, yeah, ten years old, yeah. And yeah, I think yeah, yeah, that's yeah. where the hustle started. Yeah, no, that was the beginning. Yeah, that yeah. was the beginning. Okay, so now it it, it and I love hearing about you know oh, the, the someone that learned to work ethic at a really lo- young age right cuz my dad and I joked that he said that I started a lawn business when I was little right okay. i and i re- always have to remind him i said no dad you for- you're forgetting you told me to go mow that yard yeah. across <laughs> the street cuz i was like i was a young buck i had no i didn't know hustle motivation okay. and i got my son right now who's 13 He's talking about drop shipping. He's talking about wow. I want to make money online and all this stuff. And I'm just thinking, like I didn't that that wasn't in my that wasn't in my radar, right? Yeah. So now fast forward, you get you come to San Antonio, you have you 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 start figuring out you're already boxing because you started boxing in college. Yes, that's correct. Now yep. let you you got it you got to share. What did your parents think about boxing? Oh man. Cuz we got to we got to put that on the table cuz yeah. I think that's real important. Oh yeah, they hated it. Yeah. They hated it. They yeah. did not want me to box. Uh funny enough, my first boxing match. Yep. So if you know Houston, Texas, Third Ward is a part of Houston and before certain areas got gentrified, yeah. it was I mean, you really couldn't just walk through that neighborhood like it's all good. Yeah. If you know what I mean. Yeah. So that was the area where I actually started boxing. And it, Oh it, really? Yeah. Okay. So so it was a rough, rough side of town. I had a friend that, you know, would bring me out there to watch his fights. So naturally being around the gym, yeah. you end up getting into the game. Yeah. So for my first fight, or actually even for my training, I had to sneak the training. Uh, I would take my dad's truck. How old? Oh man, I was about seventeen. Seventeen. Okay. I was about seventeen. Okay. I started late compared to what yes. you know, what typical you know boxers sure. you know would start. Um, but I would have to sneak to the gym since my dad worked the night shift. He would never be out around six, seven, eight p.m. He's already sleep yeah. during the <laughs> during the evening. So I would take his truck, oh, wow. drive to Third Ward, train from like six to eight or seven to nine, get his truck back home in time. Almost. Got robbed a few times, yeah. leaving the gyms, nothing but drug dealers and this and that out there. It's a good spirit and community, but you got the bad seeds yeah. all around. So you want to get in, train, and dip. Yeah. I had to pay my coach and cigarettes with the change that was in my dad's uh, like cup holder, you know, change holder, whatever. Wow. I would go buy Newport Longs yeah. before walking in the gym, 
and take and him that in. that was the payment for coaching. That was a payment to get yeah. some attention. Yeah. Yeah, but it worked. It, it worked. But that was the ground floor of learning how to box. Yes. That was the ground floor. Where did you get – is that where you got your desire for the sport at that point? Or did it kind of like – you know, it kind of sparked yeah. something, but later that grew. I, you know, I, I, I think back to myself sometimes, and I'm like, what really got you I, – I think just having such a work, work ethic already, yeah. like – I was naturally drawn to it once I got into it. Okay. It kind of just happened yeah. naturally. Once the first time I actually start hitting and moving and dodging yeah. and experiencing that struggle, naturally I wanted more of that. Okay. So okay. I got stuck. Yeah. In a good way. In a good way. Yeah, a good way. So then you, uh, you're you in San Antonio and you start – when did the training start? When did yeah. that particularly start? Yeah, so after the little Google search, you know, two months into being here. So this is uh, 2006 and like, September. Yeah. Just think about whenever okay, yeah. a college semester would start. I actually uh, was spending more time at the boxing gym – than I was actually on campus. Okay. You know what I mean? So, yeah. yes, I started in uh, 06 September. 06 time frame. Yep. So then fast forward, you're, you're at a point where you're like, okay, um, you, you had the different jobs leading up to it. At what point did you say, hey, maybe I should look into training? Like maybe I should look into this idea of actually helping other people reach some fitness goals? Man, you know, that this is one of those answers that has, like, two or three sides to it. Yeah. And I'm going to keep it as succinct as possible. So I was working at the insurance company for Nationwide yeah. while I was working, while, while I was going to college, but also boxing. So while I was at the insurance company, it just didn't feel right. You know, yeah. I was working in insurance claims as a CSR, so I took the incoming calls, you know, when you're on the side of the road and what have you. And it was fulfilling in a sense. But I think for me, I just had so many bad run-ins with being too creative in an uncreative environment. Yeah. Insurance yeah. is the most black and white yeah. business that you will ever encounter. Like, it literally is black and white. There isn't, yeah. like, even when discounts are advertised, they're not really discounts. Like, whatever... Is, is the risk assessment, is the risk risk assessment. Yeah. So anyway, I was one of those people where, you know, I like to, you know, be free and be imaginative and these types of things. And it didn't fit in too well in the office, right? Yeah. With, a suit, with a shirt oh, and tie. Man. Like, how oh, man. Like, imagine, you know, imagine how you see me every day. I'm in right. shorts. I'm in, you know, you know, black stallion boxing shirt, you know, yeah. just relaxed and we can have fun while training. Yeah. In that environment, it's more like, hey, you walk in, you clock in, you put on your headset, you sit there, you wait for calls, you don't move, you don't joke, you don't, you know. So so anyway, um, all the while, I was thinking that I was just the worst employee yeah. Yeah. ever. And I probably was. Right. <laughs> you know, I probably was the worst <laughs> employee ever. Right. And, 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 but the problem is no one really comes and shows you or explains explains to you that the worst employee may make the best entrepreneur. Right. So in that, working in this insurance department, I would always have people come up to me and be like, hey, Tony, how are you in such great shape? What, what do you mean you ran before coming into work or you ran during lunch or you're going to go to the boxing gym after an eight-hour, ten-hour shift? Like, what do you mean? Like, oh, you should come to happy hour. Oh, we got a potluck. 
it just seemed like food and drinks were just being thrown at you every yeah. single day. Yeah. There wasn't really a culture of like wellness per se. Right. Like maybe there was like, I, I don't know. I don't remember <laughs> wellness being no. at the forefront. Zero. I just remember potlucks, 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 yeah. and people gaining weight all around me, but then circling back saying, hey, can you train me on the weekends or can you write me a meal plan? Yeah. So it was in my face the whole That's interesting. time. I was doing it for free. Yeah. So, you, but you know what that was? What that was was part of your lifestyle was was a sign, right, to people. The way you like, the way you lived, the way you looked was a sign to other people. Like, I want that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so then you started over time. You started realizing I have something to give. Yeah. Which is. If you're not in, if you're in an environment where you don't feel like you have something to give, then you stay stuck, right? Yeah, like if 100%. you, you just kind of stay stuck That's in this moment. That's probably, yep. probably how you feel. But over time, after helping all these people and talking through it, you're like, wait a minute. So when did it? Yeah. When so, did it click? So this is this is the way it clicked. Once again, by accident, after I left that job, <laughs> willingly or unwillingly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's funny. You had to check my resume to figure that out. <laughs> That's funny. So uh, I actually applied for another insurance job. And the way I did it was unorthodox the way I do everything else. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I got creative. This was after the uh, the uh, graveyard digging okay. uh, gig. I applied to a job by emailing directly to the president of the insurance department at a company I won't even name. Yep. And this guy now is a great friend of mine and a great client yeah. of mine to this day. And I just sent them a cold email. Wow. But I made sure because one of, one of my secret super powers is writing. I love writing yeah. more than I do reading. Not saying that reading isn't fundamental and important, yeah. but I love to express myself on paper yeah. and then make sense of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like a self-education putting a mirror in front of myself. So I love writing more than reading. So I really broke it down. I knew when I press send that whoever reads this they is going to get you. back. Yeah, they're going to call they're me. Call you. I bet you money they'll call me. Yeah. He called me. Yeah. I was actually in process of getting ready to go to the uh, Olympic qualifier in Colorado Springs yeah. for a boxing match. So I was like at the end of camp and at the end of camp, you got to make weight. So yeah. I'm like, drained right yeah. yeah so he's like hey can you come in for an interview this friday it was after like a few days he emailed yeah. me back and i was like okay well i leave to this tournament the next day but i'm like hey i'll come in but if i'm a little bit drained you know i just want to yeah, explain understand. to you why and then so next thing you know when i get in there he says hey you mentioned something about a boxing tournament i was yeah. like yeah yeah i'm going you know blah 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 it's colorado springs whatnot he was like actually i own a boxing gym and i was like get what? out of here and so an interview that I was walking into pretty much emaciated, yeah. hadn't had water in like the last 24 hours turned into like two guys just kicking back, talking wow. about boxing. And then we got to talking about insurance a little bit. And then he's looking at me, recognizing what I'm saying that nobody had recognized in me before. Yeah. And he's like, look, I could potentially have a job for you at some point, yeah. but I want you to come by my gym. Yeah. Just check it out. Yeah. Just check it out. And he was like, have you ever considered being a trainer? And uh, I was like, no, but I'll come by. Yeah. 
yeah. the rest is history. Man, that do you want to talk about a divine? Uh, 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 it's crazy, right? Like think about the I, all of that that came together. Number one, your love of writing, and this is I, the young people that listen to this. You know, I know you think school, you like, I have this conversation with my son. My son is like, is school really, like, what am I really learning, you know? Yeah. And it's like, writing is one of those things that you need to learn really, really well. You've got to have the basics, right? And so that writing, love of writing, number one. Number two, the creativity to go, I'm just going to email the president. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> right? Straight to the top, baby. Why not? Now, wait a minute. <laughs> and then you go, hey, the serendipity of the fact that, that he owned a gym. Like, how crazy is that? Man. I, so crazy. No words. Which is where our stories start to collide. Yep. Because because of that training, you end up training one of my really good friends, Wesley. Yep. Wesley. Yep. yep. And taking him to Golden Gloves where he won. Yep. Shout out to Viewpoint. Yeah, for real. Like, yeah. like and I remember being there watching, and I watched him go through all the training, watch him transform. And I remember just going, that's great for Wesley. Yeah. Right? Like, that's <laughs> I lose. Like, this is, that's great for Wesley, yeah. right? But, but it was, so I kept watching. And then I remember at one point, um, you and I, we, we had talked or whatever. Hey, you should come to the gym. You should come to the gym. But it was, I think it was a networking event. This is the power yep. of networking. Mm -hmm. Yep. Where we cross paths because yep. you know Isabel. Yep, that's right. That's Owens, right. Yep. And we cross paths, and you looked at me, and you're like, So you coming to the gym? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And you remember that? I and caught I was, you at the margarita ball. <laughs> yep. I caught you. I was at I the said, margarita ball. The margarita ball. All 64. I said, Hey. <laughs> yeah, seriously. And I remember looking at you going, All right, man, I, I'll be there tomorrow. <laughs> right? You, that was 2012. Yep. Yep. That was a so while that's ago. That's how long ago it was. Yep. That was 2012. Mm -hmm. So now you you fast forward from that moment, right? You fast forward from the moment like oh you that that you're gonna you're gonna start training, right? And for everybody here that just so you understand the culture of what you've built, you gotta understand. People need to understand the culture of what you built uh, built at Black Stallion Boxing. It is Black Stallion Boxing Plus because yep. people need to understand that they're they're walking into a gym. They're gonna learn the basic and the fundamentals. But the plus part, I just need you to touch on that just a little bit to help people understand what they're really getting is boxing plus. So mm -hmm. talk about that a little bit because I think it's important. Yeah. So <clears throat> for me, it's all about being natural with my business, with what I already do. But at the same time, I believe that that uniqueness has like diversifying effects as far as like what else is in the market. Yeah. Right. Because when people think boxing gym, they just think, hey, I'm going to put on gloves. And I'm just going to yeah. start hitting the mitts or I'm going to hit the bag. It's just a bunch of cardio is what I always yeah. hear. And I think what a lot of people don't understand. And my goal is to educate yeah. for the benefit of the clients and the people that are coming into the sport for whatever reason, whether a fighter or somebody coming in for their first day or for stress relief. Right. Yeah. Is that it's a lot more than cardio. Because when you learn the technique properly, you're going to get a blend. Yeah. Yeah, your heart rate's going to get up. But at the same time, you're using muscles that you probably won't use doing anything else because everything is functional. Beyond that, when a fighter goes into camp, you cannot just go through six to eight weeks of just hitting the bag and sparring. You actually have to do strength exercises to support the muscles that you're using 
when you're when you're boxing because right. not only does that make you stronger in the ring <clears throat> it gives you more longevity of your cardio if your muscles are you know you, you balance that cardio with the strength but also beyond that the the weights prevent injury yeah right and, and when you get to that pro level that's something you got to have like when you get in there and you feel that manpower that grown woman power it's different you better make sure that you got your weight up on some resistance training yeah. i'm talking everything from trx to weights to you know just doing your sprints or running your stairs yeah. you know doing your push-ups your pull-ups your bench press your your rows all those types of supplementary complementary exercises to boxing so you got to have it all and i built bsb plus in the vision of what I would imagine like a perfect training camp to be for me. Ah, see, that's beautiful. I yep. love that. I love that. And to me, the beauty of it is, you know, like I never feel like I'm doing the same thing. Yep. Yep. You go to a BSB workout and you're not going to feel like you're, I'm going to do the same thing. We're going to be, you're going to do this. We're going to do that. It's yeah. never the same. <laughs> that's beautiful. Yep. You know, for a lot of gyms, that's not the case, nope. you know, and so what you've built and then the culture of the people from Daniel to everybody that's there. Um, I, I, I love it, man. And congratulations. You know, Thank it's you. beautiful. I, I appreciate it. We couldn't have done it without the great clients and friends that become friends and family because we yeah. keep it so small. That yeah. is like quality over quantity. Like we're going to know your name when you walk the door and we'll probably know your kid's name and your husband yeah. or your wife's name because everybody somehow ends up interacting with each other. Yep. You know what I mean? For sure. And then even beyond that, you know, every time you come through the door, you're different. So that workout's going to be different. Yeah. So as you graduate, the workout just goes right along with you. Yeah. Yep. I, I, it takes me back to one of the workouts you put me through. Right. Um, I was feeling myself. I yeah. was, I, you know, it was oh, 2016. Man. Don't remind me. <laughs> oh my God, dude. Like this was 2016. I was feeling myself. You brought Tony, that side out of me. And you <laughs> saw it. You saw it right away. Yeah. You saw it right away. And mm -hmm. I remember you said, coming to the, coming to the, coming to the ring, coming to the ring. Yep. And I climbed up in the ring and I was just, you know, like, okay, what we, what are we doing today? Cause we hadn't been in the ring. Oh yeah. We hadn't yeah. been up there. Yep. And uh, you got the shield out. Yep, you remember the shield? Right. Yep, I never forget. And you beat me with that shield. I, I may have for about two and a I, half I, minutes. I may have beat you <laughs> <laughs> because what I did was for forty-five seconds, I punched as hard as I yeah. could, uh -huh. and I just remember you looking at me, going, "You got, you got two minutes and thirty seconds. Yeah, what yep. you gonna do? Yeah, what you gonna do?" But that moment was critical for me because this is and, – and, and Tony's not going to beat you with the shield, okay? So everybody just know. <laughs> this was a this little was, bit more personal. This was personal and, yeah. because I was feeling myself thinking I was in shape. But for his growth, yeah. it was necessary. Yes. When you hear the whole story, it'll make sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. <clears throat> for sure. It was, it was at that point. Yeah. And then fast forward – to I remember at one point you walked up to me and you said, hey, when, when are you going to take? I've been working out with you for about eight months. Yeah. This was 2016 and I was coming back. I was in my 40s. I just mm -hmm. started. Yeah. And so for all you in your 40s, just understand where I'm going with this. And, and you said, hey, man, um, when are we going to do something about this? And I, I'm like, I'm working out, Tony. I, yeah. I, I got privates with you. Yeah. You know, I'm working out. He said, no, no, no. Look, look at your stomach. Hey. You remember this? Hey. Right. Yeah. And you you did the tortilla chip <laughs> analogy. You remember everything I didn't forgot, <laughs> brother Tony. I still talk about oh, this. Oh man, do you you said Tomas? 
Are you, you still eating that, that salsa and tortilla chips? And I said, yeah. He said, do you understand what you're eating? Now, do you remember the story? Yeah, I remember. You got to tell it. Yeah, well... I, I think I asked you what you have for breakfast or what you eat for breakfast. And it, it usually is migas. migas. Remember I told yeah, you? Yeah, migas. Yeah. I was like, first of all, what is migas? <laughs> right. Like, what, what what the heck is that? And then you explained it to me that it's a mix of, like, eggs and spices and, like, tortilla chips. Yes. And this and that. So at the point in time, I was going to a place called Tacos and Salsa. Yes. And I remember going there and like I was like watching the process of like some food being made, which tacos and salsa is a really, really good place. By the yes. way, you gotta check that place out if you haven't been. Yes. Um, so they were making the chips fresh. <laughs> and literally, it like occurred to me that it was a fresh corn tortilla going into like, you know, some oil and this and that, and then they would cut it and it would turn into chips. And I was like, yo. And <laughs> I was like, man, how many chips? Do you eat in a sitting yeah. when when you start dipping in salsa and guac like it's going down? Dude, I'm sure anybody on an average day sitting out eating chips, eating about eight or nine, ten corn tortillas in one sitting. Easily. Plus yeah. plus the oil. And, and so anyway, so when we got talking about migas, I was like, yo. Every day go. you would see me. Every day. <laughs> Did you have migas today? Did you have migas today? But you know what happened? This is what happened. I literally, just for the visual, I literally went and took the tortilla chips and I put them in a circle. Yep. And, yep. and I looked at mm -hmm. it and I looked up and I looked at my wife and I go, <laughs> these six chips make a full tortilla. <laughs> like it hit me. Oh, my and so, God. Th so th but you know what happened? That led to the picture of me, like when I started to get my abs yeah. started to uh -huh. form. Uh-huh. Right. If you're 40, you can get abs again. You Trust can do me. It. You, you can, can do, do it, it, baby. Tony, tell them. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. So that was like a game changer for me, mm -hmm. because when I saw those tortilla chips sitting there, I just remember thinking every time I see a salsa chip bowl, I think Tony. Yeah. And belly. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and no abs. Yeah. And no abs. You know what I mean? Oh, that was a great. That was that was awesome. That, that meant mm -hmm. a lot. So now. You, you, we create uh, Black Stallion Boxing, but then you get this opportunity to like, because you, you, I know you can't sit still, Tony. I know. I know you can't yeah, sit still. Yeah. But we got to talk about this and we got to talk about Shark Tank. Man. So talk a little bit about what you've built here, what you brought here, and the idea of what came about with Shark Tank. Yeah. Well, you know, to make a long story short, because I could really go on and on because it's been a long road. You know, my gym got shut down during COVID, right? Yeah. So, you know, hustling house to house. I thought about creating, you know, a resistance training tool that's mobile, you know, easily accessible, you know, travel friendly and like, you know, price friendly as well. So I end up creating the Aqua Boxing Glove because I remember holding a water bottle just like I have. Yeah. I was holding a water bottle and I was like, man, you know, I start kind of doing a punching motion and I gave it to a client to hold as well. And then I was like thinking of how, and it just hit me. Yeah. So anyway, I got home that night. I immediately took one of my old boxing gloves, cut, cut a hole in it. I got a Ziploc bag. And I was thinking that this is going to be the defining factor, whether a boxing glove itself can hold a substantial uh, amount of weight, enough, enough weight to actually provide like a good enough resistance workout. Mm. And it turned out that the boxing glove was able to hold like, two or three or four pounds i was like dude 
whoa, this could be something. Yeah. You know, so I called my lawyer, you know, got all that things and figure out the process to start actually like protecting the idea that I had. Yeah. And then from there, the next thing I did was apply to Shark Tank. You literally right on the yeah. spot. Oh, right on the spot. You really? know, I, well, first things first, I didn't really have much else to do because we were on lockdown. That's true. So I was watching Shark Tank like every day because it was just kind of like I was drawn to like the business aspect. I thought it was like pretty cool, like taking like a big seeing people take big risks yeah. for like things that they pretty much just thought of in their head. Yeah. You know, that probably sounds crazy when you first say it. You know what I mean? Yep. And then I mean, I guess if you could hold it in your head, you can hold it in your hand because this yeah. was just an idea in my head. And this is the first prototype that came out back in 2020 yeah and since then you know uh i appeared on shark tank yeah. um back in 2021 uh we actually no, actually in 2022 i appeared but we filmed it filmed it in 2021, in 2021 and i mean it's a rigorous interview process yeah. i mean you do a phone interview and then you do another phone interview and then there's a cutoff and then next thing you know you're doing video calls and then you got to submit an audition then audition number two oh, and then audition wow. number three and if you make it past that then you actually get to pitch it <clears throat> in front of executive producers and you're still not and in. you're still not you're in. still not in i mean I, I went through at least six or seven pre-screens before even getting to the point to where they were starting to hint at Hollywood. And okay. think about it. These interviews are two, three weeks apart. So months are going by with each one. So you're going through at least like five, six, maybe seven months of screening. Wow. So 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 imagine. They, all of 2021 then. All, man, all of 2021. Which, from, here, let's just back up a little bit again <clears throat> about the serendipity of that. Yeah. The yeah. serendipity of that, right, of 2021 is you're going through COVID. Yep, yep. Obviously, things are changing with the gym and what yep. you can and what you can't do, right? Mask, no mask, mm -hmm. this and that. Yeah. That's really, I didn't realize all of that, Tony. Yep. Keep going. Keep yeah, going. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, pretty much going through, like, business and, I mean, business hell. Who wants yeah. their business shut down or pretty much minimized after everything you built? But then at the same time, you're thinking about more of the mortality of it. I mean, it's just, it's just a sad time. It's hard. You know, people passing away left and right or on ventilators. You don't know where the world is going. And I also had two kids in that time frame. Yeah, right? that's true. So my mind is just like everywhere. But I just turned all that into motivation to keep innovating on the, uh, on the product. And then I got that call for Shark Tank. So I had like two things Going yeah. in the same direction, I'm like, hey, this is it. So I was, man, I, you should have saw my auditions. I mean, you would have thought I was trying to get on, I don't know, The Bachelor or whatever. Yeah. You would imagine any reality show that that you could relate to. I put it all out there, and I ended up getting the the green light, and they flew me out to Hollywood. Yeah. Um, I ended up pitching in front of a panel of uh, Mark Cuban. Kevin Hart, who was a special guest, yeah. uh, Barbara Corcoran, Kevin O'Leary, Mr. Wonderful, and then uh, Lori Griner. So I would say, and not to run on too long, yeah, yeah, you know, I I was able to relate my first acting experience, yeah. if you would call it, yeah, because it is a hundred percent real. Yeah. For anybody that thinks that, oh well, yeah, you walk out and then they have cue cards in the back that you're reading from, no, you must be crazy, yeah. Yeah, There's yeah, yeah. no, no, you got to go up there and do your thing. Yeah. And yeah. almost in the back of my head, I was like, okay, 
I made it this far with prototypes. Yeah. I'm looking at other people's businesses like they, oh, yeah, they're already doing two, three million a year. Yeah. Ten million. Oh, yeah. man, we got everything streamlined and we're going into, I don't know, into into Europe next year. We're yeah. all over we're global. <laughs> and I'm sitting here with literally almost like a, like a, like plastic filled with water. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I had to laugh to myself a couple times like, yo, like like pinch yourself like yeah, I'm here. Like yeah, I'm yeah. here, but also it's like like they say with poker sometimes like if you look around and you can't see the fool yeah. <laughs> Look in the mirror. It might be right. you. So I was like, man, am I being set up to like go out there and you know what I'm saying? Like now, that. And now isn't this true? I heard that even if you get filmed, that some of those don't even make the yeah, TV you show. Don't even, man, it, yes, right? That's 100 percent true. So yeah, you could you could go through that eight months. Whole process and no, you don't even make the show. You don't even make the show. And you don't find out until the season's over. And you know, and that's good you brought that up because I can backtrack. So uh, statistics say that about 200,000 people apply each year and then only like 50,000 of those people even get a call and then it breaks down another 50% to where only 25,000 of those people even make it past the first or second screen and then it just keeps breaking down to where it gets to where only about 150 companies get to pitch and then only... Maybe I, I forget how many exactly, but just think of like, I mean, 50, on the show, fifty would only air for the season or something like that. Fifty for the whole season. for the whole season because there's only so many episodes from September ah, man, to May. No so think about when mine aired. I yeah. was on a season on the finale. Season. Yeah, I remember. So the very last episode. So you have a producer that's assigned to you, and you wait. You wait, and they're gonna let you know a few weeks out before you're going to air. So imagine I waited from September of yeah. 2021 until May Holy of 2022. God. And the whole time I'm thinking in my head, okay, maybe I'm not going to make it. Maybe I'm not going to make it because yeah. you're seeing all these episodes come out and you're seeing other people that you may have rode on the bus with from the airport that are on the show already. And they're getting right. sales and they on and popping and you just sitting back like, Man, so so anyway, I got that call like two or three weeks before that I'm going to be on the season freaking finale. Which was probably, again, serendipity, Man. the best thing that could have happened. Dude, I, can't, I couldn't believe it. Right? I couldn't believe it. It's, and it's, you, were in the, you were in the promo. Yeah, I was in the promo. You were in the yeah, promo. We did like over 10 million views on the promo, like on Facebook and uh Instagram, I, I even found out that there was a TikTok I didn't even know about that did like 20 million views. It, it was crazy. Wow. So, so it went viral, like yeah. my pitch. They were able to put my pitch out there. Yeah. And it was the weirdest kind of feeling because it's like, hey, now you're out there. Yeah. People are seeing what was in your head in the basement. Yeah. In front of the whole world. Yeah. In front of the whole world. So you're going to get all kind of criticism and this yeah. and that i could go on and on it was weird but, but tony but this is the thing man yeah. like i call like i said i called wesley immediately after yeah your presentation was amazing i appreciate that like literally like yeah. it was awesome yeah I, it I, was a really good presentation thank you I, I appreciate that because you know you don't get to see the tape after you film and think about yeah. this if you don't air you will You'll never, never see, it. see that's it. their intellectual property oh and then, of course, you know, you're in the tank, really, depending on your business. Yeah. Right. 
you could be in there anywhere from, I don't know, 10 minutes if you're, I mean, maybe it's a really good deal or yeah. you did that bad to like, I've heard of some people being in there over an hour and a half, two hours, because there's that much to break down. Yeah. I was in there for about 45 minutes 45. to an hour. And okay. then what you saw on TV was maybe like six or seven so minutes. So they edit, they chopped yeah, it they all chop it the up. way down? Chop it up, baby. Yeah, they so chop here, it up. Here's my, I just, I'm just going to put my personal opinion out there. Kevin killed that. Oh, yeah. I just, <laughs> and if I ever saw Kevin, I'd be like, Kevin, really? You know. <laughs> I mean, come on. You know, obviously out of everybody up there. I was so upset yeah. with him. Yep, yep. Because he killed it from the jump. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which of all, like, I, I, again, I'm looking at the yeah. totality uh -huh. of uh -huh. the situation, and I'm like, why? Yeah. You know, I, I would put it like this. And for me, there's no hard feelings because when you got to put your money up for something, you're always protecting your own best interests and your time, whatever it is that's most valuable for you. Yeah. So I knew going up there to ask for that investment, it wasn't going to be. It's not like the price is right. Right. No, <laughs> you no, know, for sure. You're going to press sure. the right buttons and make the right estimate and boom, yeah, and you're dancing and running down the hall. People yeah. are thinking about their families, how yeah. their time is going to be invested into it and how they how, how hard they work for that money. Right. So when I was getting some negative feedback because of how early I was in the process, I was like, okay, that's to be expected. Yeah. You know, because, I, yeah, you know, there's a lot of risk involved. But at the same time, I was hoping that they saw the upside Yep. Of the product, because at the time, remember, I mean, Peloton was yeah. booming. booming. You know, any roar machine or any like the mirror that Lululemon bought for yep. over 500 million was booming. And for me, I'm seeing the potential of all those subscribers. Right. Yeah. That every time I look at a commercial, or I see somebody doing a, a like the boxing or fitness workouts on there. Yeah. They're holding dumbbells yeah. and they're big and they're bulky and yeah. it's not really a natural flow. And they're not adjustable. It is not adjustable. There's yeah. so many features in my glove that pretty much all those weights yeah. are trying to mimic. But now I created the solution. So yeah. I was hoping to solve a problem, which I am. You know, we're doing uh, well on the pre-orders pre and things yeah. like that. But it's just all about getting it on people's hands. Yes. And I believe once it gets on people's hands is where it's really going to blow up. But, you know, just circling back to the point with Kevin Hart is one of those things where I could tell he was interested. Yeah. But, I mean, I, you know, I, I kind of try to take that empathy to say that, man, like, think of all the things that he's doing yeah. in his career. And for my little glove, it had to be something a little bit more compelling for him financially, like already in front of him and set up and ready to go for him to make that investment. So I was pushing hard. Yeah, yeah. I wanted them not only to see the upside, but also to see, you know, who you're dealing with, you yeah. know, as an entrepreneur. Because yeah. I'm a hustler. You already know, like I haven't slept in three yeah. years yeah. since this glove <laughs> you know, right. came to its inception. It's 24-7 with manufacturing and trying to do deals globally. They're awake at night. I mean, they're they're awake at our night. So yeah. I got to be up getting those emails and, and those sales and, and sales calls and things like that. So, yeah. so for me, it was really cool to, first of all, get like the truth of how like venture capitalists think. Yeah. But at the same time, there, there was a lot of positives from like Mark Cuban. Yeah. Mark Cuban actually loved the product. Yeah. 
he just thought that, man, if you would have saw him, he was like this the whole time. Yeah. Just holding the glove, looking, he kept putting yeah. it on, taking it off, putting it on, taking it off. And I tried not to react to his interest in a way that showed that I was favoring yeah. one side of the room. I stayed open to yeah. everybody. But at the same time, you got to read the room, too. No, for sure. And you got to know, like, what investments they have. So I did my homework. So I was really leaning on Mark Cuban and Kevin Hart. And at the end of the day, me and Kevin Hart had yeah. a hell of a spirited debate. Yeah. When I say we went back and forth. Yeah. And I even surprised myself, like, for people that thought that, man, are you sure you never done this before? Because you look, you didn't look nervous. You yeah. look so polished. Like, dude, when you're in that moment, it's like a fight. Yeah. It's just like being in a ring. Sometimes the punches just come out and boom, you're out of, you're yeah. out of the way. You know what yeah. I mean? And you're countering back yeah. just based on experience and just reflexes. So I was going tit for tat as if I had $100 million in right. the bank. Right. Oh, yeah. I wasn't scared right. of anybody on that stage. I was like, yeah. if I don't have that attitude, prepare to get kicked off of that rug. And that was my only thing. You're not going to run me off of this rug. Yeah. I don't care if I got $3 in sales. You're not going to make me feel like I'm worth that because yeah. I know the potential of this glove. So at the end yeah. of the day, it's all a win for me. The publicity, everything that came from that. Look at the SEO. You Google Aqua Boxing Glove, dude. There's pages of just media, publications wow. of just all about the glove, all about Shark Tank. So it was a win-win. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's I love it, man. I stinking love it. I, I, I and then when we it was Enzo and I and my dad on the golf course watching that night when we saw that. Yeah, that was so fired man, up. I appreciate for you, the man. support, man. Amazing. Thank you. I can't wait to get my hands on one. I did yeah. the Kickstarter, so I'm yeah, super my man. pumped. Thank you. Yeah, yep. super excited to to for when that comes to fruition. So now, last <clears> but not least, we got to talk about the building. Oh yeah, we got to talk about Black Stallion Boxing Plus. And the new gym that is being built, it'll be ready in about 30 days? Yeah, about 30 days, give or take. Yep. So talk about your current location <clears throat> and in the new location. Yeah, so currently we've been at the Elon Resort for about five years. Since 2017, opened up 1,000-square-foot facility. Even my general contractor at the time, who's also a great client, shout out to Fabian's Construction, you know, he was wondering, he's like, how are you going to fit a ring in here? Yeah. It's a thousand square feet. How are you going to train people? Anyway, they did an amazing job on my space. We were able to maximize that thousand square feet yeah, based on the type of business model that I have. Not only did we do, use all the square footage on the ground, but we use the ceiling as well. We hang yeah. bags all over the space. We got them on the wall. We got suspension training coming off the roof. Everything. So for me, it was really 2,000 square feet. Yeah. My landlord yeah, yeah, yeah. just doesn't know that. Yes, yeah. right. <laughs> thank goodness. Yeah, thank goodness, right? So um, so we quickly outgrew that space. And I mean, yeah. I started with a few founders members like yourself that yeah. invested early and went ahead and purchased a membership for a year up front, which I really appreciate that. Yeah. We couldn't do it without, you know, uh, the loyalty of the clients and the great coaches that I have on staff. So we were able to build that, outgrow it within like two years, to be honest, yeah. yep. because we would have small groups of four, like multiple going at a time and then privates on the side. So easily you get about 15 to 20 people in a thousand square feet. It's like, wow, like, yeah. dude, we're really rocking. And that was something that was very important to me 
was to have the right location. Yeah. But also beyond having the right location, like maximize every single inch of that place. Yeah. And I think COVID really exposed a lot of business models that weren't as lean. True. So you saw a lot of people true. go out of business because you got a lot of fluff. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's so true. And, and and it's sad, but true at the same time, you know, when the market's good, all the bells and whistles, you know, it's kind of appealing. But, yeah. hey, when you really skin it down, it's like, yeah. yo, you got an extra 10000 you're spending a month recurring that ain't bringing you back no cash. Yeah. And cash is king. And we everybody found out real quick how long yeah. their uh, their run rate was. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. So, anyway, moving forward to uh, opening up uh, Black Stallion Boxing Plus on Camp Bullis, yeah. it's a 3,000-square-foot facility. <clears throat> The best part about it, beyond what all the clients are going to get that you see on the website, all the new equipment, all the new bags, new coaches, all the quality that we're bringing to the table, is the fact that we are leasing to own. I got that option to purchase the building at oh, any single it. time. So equity, baby. Equity. It. That building has already increased in value since we broke ground. Wow. And I've already locked in on ownership already so none of that money is even yeah. going to be going towards you know rent that's yeah. all equity so for the long term man talk portfolio so beautiful you know all, like i mean it just goes way beyond just being a trainer now like you know i never like to throw around the word ceo lightly yeah you know you see yeah. you know everybody's motivation is different i, I like to reach for yeah. things like I see it up there and I'm like, I'm going to get to that point to where I feel like that. And this is just yeah. another step yeah, in the right direction. You know, yeah. you want to have equity all around you, you know, not necessarily liabilities. If I got liabilities, it's going to be liabilities that are leading that make to money. that make money. Yeah, for sure. Period. Yeah. Period. And the cool part is all the clients are going to be winning because of that. Uh, it's a convenient location yep. right off the highway, off Camp Bullis. There's really not too much traffic going up and down that road because no. businesses are just developing in that area. So super convenient. We got two showers, uh, you know, two clean showers on deck so you can get your workout, head downtown, yeah. or you can head towards Bernie, whichever way you're going. We're yeah. right off the highway. Brand new strength equipment coming wow. in. Dumbbells from, you know, three pounds all the way up to 110 pounds, depending on, you know, how much weight you want to move. Right. You know what I mean? And just other strength equipment, squat racks, uh, everything you can imagine, and all the new bags. And we can finally have, have speed bags now. Oh, you know? nice. Because we were in that retail space yeah. where there's apartments above us, so that da -da 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 would just reverberate all through yeah. the building. So now it's a standalone, play the music as loud as we want or as low as we want. Yeah. You can bang them speed bags all day, all night, plus you have fob access now to where, hey, you just show up with your little key card. If you have open gym access, you can access that gym anytime between the hours that were open from like 5 to about 8 or 9 p.m. So that's, See, that's a, that's a wrinkle. That's an awesome wrinkle. I mean, he mentioned... Um Moon was mentioning that to yep. me. So, so small group uh, uh, clientele. If they're yep. in a small group, mm -hmm. if they want to come and just get a workout on a bag, if they want to come and do some some hit jump the treadmill, rope, whatever hit the treadmill, yep. they come hit their key fob. You don't have to worry about anybody opening the door, and nope. they just walk. Man, I love that. That's right. In just just I clean up that. your sweat before you leave. Yeah, you good to go, man. Yeah, you good love to that. go. And then the goal too is 
going from the small group, you have the small group option, and then you're going to have a large group option of 12 yep. or less. Yep. But you have to reserve your space. Yep. I, I have that 12 group is going to be really popular. Yep. And there's going to be a lot of people that are going to cycle to your small yeah. group. <laughs> you know what you I mean? Know, Which is beautiful. It, you know, it's it's a proliferation. It's 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 we allow you to see how you can grow. Yeah. Right. And it's not that any one is better than the other, but as your understanding grows, yeah. your potential grows, and we have that option that's going to fit you. You yeah. know what I mean? So, so it's not just one size fits all, yes, which is beautiful. Exactly. We're, we're customizing yeah. everything, and that's why I capped those classes at 12 because, you know, I come from a background where I worked at some gyms to where it was kind of a free-for-all. Yeah. And it's no knock on, you know, whatever your flavor is. If you don't mind working out with 30, 40, 50 people at a time yeah. with it less personalized, kind of more generalized, that's perfectly okay. But yeah. what I'm saying is as a trainer, I want to be able to optimize that one hour that you're in there to say that, hey, I know your name. I know your injuries. I know your proclivities. I know what type of music you like. I know what you don't like. And we can maximize that hour so you don't feel like after that hour that you get in, oh, well, now I got to go to Lifetime to get another workout. Or or better yet, you, you, you hit that plateau faster because we can't right. customize and grow as you grow. And that always pained me back yeah. in the day because – and it's the same conversation I had with you. But, yeah. like, Tomas, hey, when we're going to work on this? Yeah. Like, yeah, you're yeah, in here yeah. and you're training. Like, yeah. but – you get what I mean? Oh, for sure. So that's why we started those privates up and your technique got yep. better. And at that point, the investment, you didn't even think about what you were spending because yeah. it was paying you back tenfold. No, for sure. Like, I mean, yeah. you can't beat that. But I think for a lot of people, like, you get trained to shop on the price, yeah. right? Yeah. But it, it takes a good, a good business model and a good trainer to really break down what the value is yeah. and what you're paying. Because I just don't, I personally don't like to see people, their technique and, and what they're getting out of their workout to be the same a year later from when they started. Yeah. I want you to come in looking crazy. And in a year, looking back at that video, like, <laughs> damn, it's a different person. It's a different person. Yeah. For like sure. period, mind, body, spirit, yep. everything that makes yeah. me happy. That's yeah. my motivation. I love it. And it and it works. And I that you bring that up and I think it's interesting. So when when you when you talk about fitness, like if you're you're talking to, let's just say there's a there's a there's a 30 year old that is just like they're not working out at all. There's a 40 year old not working out at all. There's a 55 year old not working out at all. Yep. Every one of these, if you were to just have a conversation with them, like in terms of just working out, what would you say to them? I would say you got to look at the at the quality of your life. I think it all breaks down to whether you're happy and fulfilled and beyond all physical things. How do you feel? How do you feel? How do you feel? Because, you know, I, I've came out to a couple of your retreats and yes. I've done, you know, the, the little speeches. And I always try to, you know, not necessarily like be too humble, but... I don't want to ever come off as like some fitness 
guru, I eat yeah. perfect, I train every day, I've never had a sip of alcohol, I don't eat that, I don't eat yeah. that. I don't want to come off as that guy. Actually, I'm just like you. Yeah. But what 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 really hit me at some point is like that feeling that I get when I wake up. Am I like popping out of bed and like, oh, my back, my my this, my that. I can't carry the groceries upstairs without getting tired. Like those types of things, I feel like equate to quality of life because those are the things that you're going to do in most repetition. Yep. Getting in and out of the car. Yeah. Walking into the office, you're going to take the elevator or the escalator or the stairs. You know, yeah. th those are the things that affect your quality of life physically, but also mentally, too. You want to yes. feel like you can get down and play with your kids on the ground without experiencing unnecessary pain. Because everybody, right. you're going to go through something. It's not, I'm, yeah. I'm not saying this is going to be something that just, you know, washes everything away. But at yeah. least you took control. Right. Take control. Yeah. Take control of your future. You know, for the longevity and especially for for, you know, I, 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 I get a mix of clients, you know, you know, you get working class, you get, you know, super entrepreneurs and everything in between. But yeah. for anyone that's building wealth, they start to realize at some point, like, if I don't take care of my health. Yeah. How long are you going to be around and enjoy all these things that you built? Yeah. You know, and you got your kids watching you. How long are you going to be around to give them your best years? Yeah. So those are all the things that come into mind. So everything is customized. That's why we take a more customized approach because everybody's coming for a different freaking reason. And yeah. that's the way that I feel that it should be. Quality of life. How do you feel? <clears throat> I that's that's the question. Yeah. Right? Cuz if you if you're not if you're not feeling good, you're not feeling energetic, then then you've got to make that change. You've got to figure out a way to make that change. Well, listen, I can't wait. When is it? When when are we thinking opening? Yeah. Now you're already signing up memberships. Yeah, I know mm -hmm. you're already starting that process. We're gonna have the link to the website on the YouTube, so for people to grab that, so people and all our information. I want to put the Shark Tank. Yep. I want to put that link on there too. Dope, dope. Yeah, we want to put that on there too, so people could see that because your again presentation was amazing. Thank you. Um, last web before we head out, uh, uh, one the last thing I want you to talk about is I know you're a reader, but but you don't you don't <laughs> Tony Tony don't you Tony's know, you not know too reading. much about me, man. Tony don't read just normal oh like. Oh my god! You got to talk about because I remember we would have these conversations and you would talk to me or you would send me a passage. Oh my god! Of some of the stuff you would read. <laughs> And I'm sitting there going, man, this is deep. So talk about how did you get to that point to read Cervantes? Wasn't it Cervantes? It's uh, Rene Descartes. Rene Descartes Rene was Descartes. one of them. Okay, so talk yep. to me about that philosopher and how that even came into play. You know, I mean, first things first. <laughs> it's kind of like, like writing for me. It's one of those things that people don't really know is a passion of mine, right? Yeah. Because, I mean, you got the whole boxer, package, athlete, okay, now business owner, entrepreneur. But on the side, for me, I always play chess against myself, Okay, right? And I feel like when you play chess against yourself, since you, and this is going to sound crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to sound crazy. It's kind of like since you already know yourself so well or you should know yourself yeah. so well, to be able to best a move of your own is going to be like so mind blowing that nobody else can really figure out what you're going to do if you can't figure out what you're going to do. I love it. Does that make any sense? I love it. I love <laughs> it. It makes it it makes <laughs> so much sense because it doesn't make sense, right? No, I so, it, it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, yeah. there you go. So yeah. so it's a counterintuitive 
type of thinking and a deductive type of reasoning. So that's what drew me to Rene Descartes. So I am not a mathematician by any means. And this guy is like the father of algebra and mathematics. And uh, he was the one that figured out uh, refraction of light, which if you don't know what that is, that's when the... uh, the ice crystals would form, you know, I guess around the earth and create almost like a glare on the sun. Mm. So during his time, you know, it was all about witches and warlocks and, you know, everything was like supernatural, which today we still have our own like, you know, things going on. So everybody thought like, man, God is coming or something, you know, whatever you want to think. So they almost were looking at him like, he was a witch mm. or a warlock because he was able to figure out and explain and explain through science and math without even flying up there. Yeah. You get what I mean? Yeah. So his whole way of like understanding life and breaking it down for people was it all started with deductive reasoning. When you can remove uh, emotion and any of your uh, like wants mm from a situation that's like the start and then from there you break it down to its simplest form okay it's simplest form and there you will start to find the truth right and that can apply to anything if you understand the laws that that are involved with it and for me that's like for boxing and i think that's probably what makes me a good teacher and trainer for people because and I like to really and, and a business owner, and a business I'll take owner. that. No, I'll serious. Take that. <laughs> no, serious. Think that. about it. Yeah. Well, right. If you can remove sometimes the emotion out mm-hmm, of it mm-hmm. and you can, you can get it down to its simplest form. Yeah. A business is about you, you're helping other people. Yep. Yep. What's yep. the best way to help other people yep. get it down to its simplest form. And we'll look at the business offerings that we have. It went from private yeah. to small groups of four. To now, groups of 12, but capped for a reason when you break it down. Now you have open gym. You have all these little things that we're offering that typically gyms is just, hey, pack as many people in there as you possibly can. And, hey, we're going to charge this. (laughs) But, man, you got to do the math. Yeah. I would say the only thing, the only math that I'm good at is when it comes to business and it's related to something tangible. I don't just like to do formulas. I'm like, not true. interested in yeah. statistics and all that. But when it relates to, hey, if you do this, then it's going to make that. And then it could percolate and parlay into this and that. Yeah. Then my brain gets going, you know. That's that entrepreneur spirit. I guess so. But see, but, but see it was baked into you, man. Your mom and dad, <laughs> right? It all goes back to yeah. mom and dad. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Shout out to mom and dad because they right. had an entrepreneurial heart yeah. from day one, I would imagine. Yep, yep, yep. You almost like just the, the idea of we've got to figure this out. we got yep. to make this work. Exactly. You exactly. know? But who gave you that book? Man. Who? How did you get the book? Man, you know what? Rene Descartes? Man, what? I, you know, that's a good question. I can tell you how I got the first book that kind of opened up to that. Somebody okay. gave me the uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad okay. book. Uh, uh and it was a call. It was a version before you quit your job. <laughs> oh, it, it, what? Rich Be, Dad that before you quit your job? Yeah, yeah. It's oh, called it, Before You Quit Your Job. Oh, interesting. Yes. And the funniest part about it is I'm sitting here reading this book <laughs> after I was let go or not or willingly right. <laughs> left my last job. So I had already quit. Right. You get what I'm saying? So I'm reading this book post yeah. quitting. 
And yeah. that's where I start gaining all the knowledge. And then I think just going and being in that library environment, I end up coming across a Rene Descartes book. And I, man, I can't really even tell you mm. it. I would have to really think so it hard. found you, man. I guess that book, the found book found me. you. I, I take that. Yeah. I'll the book that. found you. And, and that's one of the only books that I've been able to like finish through and through because it, he really breaks things down to a point with a high level of vocabulary that for me, I have to read each page like two or three times yeah. to really comprehend it. I think for, for a lot of people, and I'm just speaking for me, yeah. sometimes you get that collection of, yeah, I read this book. I read that book. I read that book. But really for me, it's about what I can take yeah. from, even if it's one book that I read in the last 10 years, I can master what I took from that, yeah. I feel a lot more value than just saying that I read a hundred books right. in the last ten years. And that's just the type of person that I am, deep and yeah. narrow, just like with boxing, you know, eight years ago I could have said, Well, now I'm gonna do kickboxing too. Then I'm gonna I'm gonna do this and that. Yeah. And that works for some people, but no, deep and narrow, and I'm gonna lock in that niche and everybody's gonna know who to call when it comes to that yep. specific thing. Yep. And I think that is what makes you know, a lot of small business owners and entrepreneurs successful. It's like being a specialist and you master yeah. it. And I feel like nobody can touch me when it comes to that because I'm still grinding like I got nothing. Yeah, which is beautiful. Period. And, and, but, and that's, look, I, I need, I need, I need, listen, I need people to hear that again. This is really important. Still, Still grinding grind. like I got nothing, baby. Listen, <laughs> if, 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 give me if a beat. Young, seriously, if young, entrepreneurs or or if you're sitting and you're at that insurance job like Tony was right you're a creative individual you're listening to this while you're working right yep. if you're a creative individual but you feel like you're on the I call it being in the wrong seat yep right cuz sometimes <clears throat> in life we could be in the wrong seat and we don't know it but something around us is telling us you're in the wrong seat and so use this as a catalyst to figure out and seek whatever that is. For you, it was this boxing idea that you had no idea, but life, yeah. you know, it's like the alchemist. I don't know if you've ever read the alchemist, I have right? Not. But it's a very interesting book about the idea that, you know, you we have our destiny. There like life is putting us on this quest. We don't really know exactly what it is, but we know that there's something out there for us mm -hmm. and that eventually as time goes on, it starts to reveal itself. 100%. And things start to come into our life where it's like, well, this is obvious. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so with that, I, I, Tony, I just want to say, man, I'm so excited for the next journey as things are moving forward. I can't wait to see the new building. Yeah. I can't wait to showcase it and talk about it uh, in the future. I want to thank you for being on TM3 uh, sure. uh, Impact. Thank and you for we'll, having me. Yeah, we'll be sharing this. We're going to make a ton of little uh, videos so that you'll have access to everything. You can share it all. And then you'll have the, uh, the link to be able to share the YouTube video and all that as well. For sure. Can I drop one more note? Please. <clears throat> Please. If I could say anything to anybody out there, because I've been talking about myself we've been you know talking about this and that and it's kind of like a theory kind of thing you know given that uh biography but mm. if i could give advice to anybody it would be to take risk early mm. and often take them early and often it doesn't matter as much as you think yeah it does not matter as much as you think because for every mistake that i could have made or that i have made 
And it's funny because this, I remember you asked me a question years ago. It was about something about taking risk and if you're going to die. Some, I can't even remember. Yeah, yeah. But all I know is for every time I faltered, dude, I, I woken up the next day and there's another opportunity to, you know, adjust your trajectory and what people thought of you or what you might have thought of yourself wasn't as important as the grand scheme of things because for some of the small risks, the smallest risks that I took, like Googling a boxing gym and just showing up. Yeah. Yeah. Changed my freaking life. Yeah. Forever. Um, Forever. Forever. If I wouldn't have found that, I would not be in the seat right now. And I can't say. We ain't talking about Shark Tank. Yeah, we're not. Yeah, exact man. Think about all the things that have came from boxing for me and everything in the world from the outside was saying no, but something in my brain was saying yes, go with it. And I had people saying, hey, you're too old. Boxers start when they're five years old. Ah, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I kind of look at what those people are doing and their mindset reflects on them. So, and mine on mine. You get what I'm saying? So I think it's important to have that level of self-education and take time to figure out about you. And that's why writing is important to me because it's a form of expression of releasing and then understanding my own knowledge versus just going out and trying to read every book and take it all in, but you don't even know who you are. Yeah. I call that like a consuming mentality, right? You're consuming, but you're not producing. Are you a journaler? Do you journal? I used to. Yeah. I used to. I need to get back to it. Yeah. I, I, I don't anymore, but I need to. Yeah, I'm a big I'm a big believer in journaling, man. Yeah. I, I I big believer in just getting and it's not like I had tacos last night. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like that. You know what I mean? It's like it's it's thinking. It's thinking. I was things. sad yesterday. Yeah, you know, someone you know, someone said something bad. You know, yeah. like no, no, no. It's more thought out, right? You 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 take learning about yourself and you yeah. put it on the paper, yeah. man. So I I feel like that's a that's a strong thing. Now, we didn't get to talk about the first professional fight that I got to see. Oh man, wild. But, but I remember that day and the biggest thing I remember was your boy was in Crocs man, that you fought. Do you remember you know, that? Dude, I would tell you this. I was so worried about getting knocked out or hurt myself right. that by the time, man, you never know what life is going to throw at you and that is a prime example. I'm thinking I'm going out here and you know warriors you suit up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, have your gear. By the time yeah. we got to the ring, I remember my coach saying, what does he have on? And I'm like, what are you talking about? I couldn't even see it. He was like, are they going to let him fight like that? And in my mind, I'm just like at that point, like, dude, I don't know. But I'm already locked in. You were locked in. Like, first of all, I'm not going to lose. Yeah. Second of all, I'm not about to lose to somebody in freaking Crocs. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like. And so, like, it's, serious. It's, seriously, like, and so it's one of those things to where, like, you don't know what life is going to throw at you. And I yeah. felt like, you know, I was kind of, like, uh, insecure about that for a couple of years because I can't control what my opponent's nope. going to do. No. Nope. I have no idea. He already had six, seven fights in the ring. Wow. This is my first fight. You know, whether you won or lost, you got to understand that's experience yeah. when you step into that Terra Dome. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. so you may see somebody who has, who's, Oh, and 10, but dude, they got 10 more fights than you yeah. when you're coming in. They probably been hit harder than, you know, you haven't been hit. Yeah. So for me, I was like, Crocs or not, let's go. And yeah. thank God <laughs> I got him out of there within the first round because, I mean, imagine <laughs> going into a war, like literally being in a war. 
and his croc falls off. Yeah, I know. Not even fall off. It's just kind of like you go 10 rounds uh, with somebody who's not even equipped with proper shoes. Right, right. So I didn't I, even think about that. I didn't yeah, think about you know, that. imagine yeah, 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 coming yeah. back yeah. and people see that. So yeah. for me, getting rid of him in that first round was the best thing that could have ever happened because it's, I mean, that could have been a major distraction. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That <laughs> night, I just remember we're in far Texas. Oh, we're, in, we're in the middle of uh, the, the, the the nowhere. Yeah. And when you hit him with that left, do you Man. remember how that felt? Dude, that's why my hand is injured to this day. From that hit? It's crazy. Yes, since then I've had. Yes, that. that's where it started. Since then, because you could hear the smack. On the camera, on everybody's no, phones. For sure. I, I never hit anyone that hard up to that point in my whole career. And with the size of gloves, they were 10 ounce gloves, which are made for damage. Like yeah. it's not like Olympic style with the circular ball on top with a bunch of cushion. I could feel my own fist hit his on head. The, yeah. Oh, man, my I left hand has been that. messed up since then, which also led to the aqua boxing glove. Yeah. <laughs> trying to figure out, you know, alternatives for impact. So, I mean, it's wild. Yeah, I hit him pretty damn hard. That was one of the best knockouts I've ever seen. Yeah, well. Um, in professional? <laughs> or you mean like on TV or nothing? I mean, that dude literally hit the ropes and just boop, Yeah, hey, well. And the, hit the ground. Look, this is a real thing for me. For any detractors, it's one of those things where, yeah, you, you never know who you're going to meet in the ring. But yeah. at the same time, I fought at levels so much higher than that. And that's why I was able to get him out of there yeah. in the way that I was able to. So, that was able to help quell some of the insecurities about that because it's embarrassing. Yeah. You fought a dude in Crocs, but it's yeah. like, I didn't tell him what to wear that day. No, no, no. It had you nothing know? to do with you. So, yeah. yeah. So, anyway. It had fun, nothing to do with you. Fun memories. But that was a great yeah. memory, man. Yeah. That was a great memory. <laughs> and, uh, well, listen, Tony, I really appreciate being on TM3 Impact. We'll have to get back together again. Once everything gets started, we'll get back in and we'll talk and tell some stories. And But I appreciate you and yep. much success to the future, my friend. Thank you. I yes. appreciate it. Well, yes, man. Sir. Appreciate we'll talk it. soon. Take okay. care, Tony. All right. Good deal.